I can almost guarantee that you will make $1 million plus in annual revenue and have a commission off of that of six figures. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. What's going on, everyone? My name is Brian Lubin, your host of the Action Academy podcast. As always, coming to you with another Monday episode. To all of my fathers out there listening, I sincerely hope that you guys had a fantastic Father's Day this weekend. Hopefully, I can continue that wave of positivity and goodness here with today's episode. Before we get into it today, be on the lookout for this Wednesday, June 22nd. I have something that I'm giving all of you for free. So stay tuned and be specifically on the lookout on this podcast and on my social media for it because I think that this is going to be a game changer and will really help you out a lot in your journey. So let's get to the topic of today's show, which is, of course, as you can see by the title, sales. I'll leave this off Alex Hormozzi style with why the heck should you listen to me about this specific topic? So for those that don't know, in my prior life in corporate America, I spent five years doing B2B enterprise sales. I was in the top 1% of the company, number nine rep out of 5,079 for my individual position, number 17 rep out of about 12,700 plus for the overall sales organization in total. My average production in that position was $6.5 million in annual recurring revenue in the B2B space. And now since my exodus of corporate America, I'm essentially a consultant. As you guys know, I have affiliations with this podcast. And through that, I am generating in the B2C space. So for reference, B2B is business to business. B2C is business to consumer. So it's when you're selling directly to people. So for my affiliations with this podcast, I'm averaging $220,000 monthly in recurring revenue for the companies I'm affiliated with, which averages out to about $2.64 million spread out across the associations annually. So why do you care? Today, I am going to give the top 10 steps that I've used to be able to find success in both industries because B2B and B2C are vastly different. You can use this information for your sales organization, for structuring sales for your company, or if you are a W2 sales rep, you can use this to accelerate your earnings potential into the mid to high six figures range so that you can be able to purchase more real estate and accelerate even faster on your wealth building journey. So let's get to it with the first tip for the B2B space. If you are selling to businesses, here are my top five tips that worked for me. Tip number one, and also probably the number one reason that newer sales reps fail to max out their comp plan until year two or three, is that big deals are the same amount of work as small deals. What newer reps fail to do is prospect big deals at all because they're too intimidated to go through that sales cycle with higher level people having higher level conversations. Almost every single comp plan spread out across corporate America is set up in the same way to where if you are not closing large enterprise level deals, 
you are not going to max out your comp plan because you need the up and down the street business to be able to pad yourself to get some decent commission checks. But to push you over to that next tier, you need to close the enterprise deal. So here's why they take the same amount of time. If you own a business, you know this to be true, that your largest customers are normally the quietest and your smallest customers are normally the loudest. So while you are sweating and grinding and pushing, 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 following up with that tiny deal that's just never going to close with an enterprise deal, yes, it maybe will take longer for you to get into the deal. But whenever they respond to that email, whenever they respond to that calendar invite, that means that they are ready to buy. The second part to this is that enterprise deals are just fun. Whenever you go through sales training, you're taught all the uniquenesses of your company, why your company is better than the competitors, what are your unique advantages, what's your unique selling points, what features and benefits and outcomes do you have that the competition doesn't. That's why you work for that company. When you are selling to an enterprise client, you are able to articulate those and they understand and reciprocate that value as opposed to being concerned about every single penny. So if they see the value, they will spend 10, 50%, 100% more than their current provider to swap to you because they see the value. So to drive this enterprise point home, tip number two is how to get into an enterprise account. And for me, over six years, the best way was via email, believe it or not. And the off chance that you get a C-suite level position to answer you on their cell phone Normally, it's not going to work out. Either they're going to be absolutely slammed, or if there is a small flicker of hope there, they're not going to follow through with it because there's nothing in writing for them to reference and to send easily to their team. So yes, the enterprise deals are a lot of emails, a lot of follow-up, but every single large one I closed, and that's including big names like Chick-fil-A, Coca-Cola, Fortune 100 companies I was able to close on a national level, they will respond to an email that I sent like two months ago And they'll forward it to their team and then I'll have a buyer email me and say, hey, we have a need for this right now. We are ready to meet on this. When can you meet? And then you send the calendar invite and that's booked. That same level of follow-up couldn't have happened from a voicemail that was left on some CFO's cell phone. Does that make sense? So for enterprise accounts, you will be sending emails into the void until eventually whenever they are ready to buy, you will get a response and then you go through your sales cycle. That's how it works. Lastly, While you're sending your emails to the enterprise accounts to get the meetings, once you're in the meetings, tip number three is you want to continue sending email recaps immediately after the meeting with all the parties involved. And here's where your cell phone comes in. You will have one to three major players that are running the deal, and you will probably have another two to three people that are accessory buyers here. And these are what are called your champions. This is where your cell phone comes in, because after your meeting, you're going to schedule the next meeting in advance. You're going to send a follow-up recap email, and then you are going to call your champions on their cell phones and ask them, hey, how did everyone perceive this? Is there anything I missed? What's your specific opinion? And this is how you really drive the deal forward internally because you are on the outside, they are on the inside. So you're going to use them and call them and follow up with them via phone while you're also following up via email. B2B sales tip number four is that the client slash customer should do 70% of the talking in a sales conversation, always. So your 30% is spent asking really good questions to have them articulate where they're at, where they want to be, What are their desired outcomes? How can you help them get to set outcome? What roadblocks are in the way, et cetera? You see what I'm saying? 
So I would say probably 20% of your talking out of that 30 is asking really good questions. And then at the end, 10% is going to be providing the solution, providing the result, providing the bridge to get them from point A to point B. B2B tip number five is going to be in your outreach when you are presenting the solution that you offer and why they should take the meeting. You always use an example that is a similar industry, size, or buyer position. Always. If you're talking to a CFO, it's going to be about profitability and data. If you're talking to an HR VP, it's going to be about employee morale and retention. Every single buyer position has a different way of communication and also a different set of priorities. So speak to those specifically. Also, if you are talking to an enterprise deal, reference how you helped the CFO at this similar sized enterprise deal solve a similar problem that you would anticipate them having. That's how you get into the deal. If you are talking to a smaller company, you can't reference the big company because it's not going to be apples to apples. It's going to be completely separate. So small to small, big to big, use the references and pay attention. That's where the personalization comes in. Now let's move into the B2C space, which is what I'm doing currently. If you are dealing with clients and customers directly, the number one tip that I have is to make sure that it's a good fit. And if it's not a good fit, let them know that. Give them the opportunity to say no and don't present or pitch your product or service if it's not right for the customer. That's number one. That is the number one mistake that people make. But on the flip side, it's also the number one way to build a rapport because you're leading with authenticity and transparency. Maybe it's not the fit for them right now, but it will be later. Also, maybe they have friends or other business partners that it would be a good fit for. It's all about relationships. If you don't want to have a relationship, don't be in B2C. I'm sorry, you will fail. The number two tip with B2C is to always sell with a story. Stories are what people remember, and you don't have to manufacture them. You can literally share how this product or service helped you get from your point A to your point B. So now you're not even technically selling. You're just presenting how it actually works in real life, out in the real world. And then they can see that and they can think, oh, cool, I'm not being sold to, which they aren't. This leads me to point three for B2C, and that's sell the destination, not the plane ride. If you're a travel agent and you are selling trips to Hawaii, are you going to talk to the customer about how cool the plane's going to be and how much room is in the seats, how much leg room, how clear the windows are and how clean they are. No, you're going to talk about freaking Hawaii, the end destination. You're going to talk about how beautiful it is and how amazing the Hawaiian barbecues are and the hula dancers and the experience. That's what you're going to present to them. So for B2C, stop talking about your widget and the method of transportation from point A to point B, talk about the freaking point B. Make sure that that is important to them and that's somewhere that they actually are trying to go. And then you can offer them the solution. But spend most of your time talking about the destination. Point number four is remember Alex Hormozzi's value equation. The value equation is how people perceive value. Pretty obvious, right? And what you're going to want to do is increase the top two parts of the value equation and decrease the bottom two parts. So on the top, what we're looking to increase is their dream outcome and the perceived likelihood of achieving that dream outcome. If you're presenting weight loss, what you're going to do is you're going to present the dream outcome of being 10 pounds lighter. And then also, hey, with this method talking to me, here's how you will be more likely to reach that outcome. This is what we're trying to increase. 
on the bottom part of the equation is time delay and effort and sacrifice. So while we increase the outcome, we increase the perceived likelihood of achievement, we also want to decrease the amount of time that it's going to take and the amount of effort it's going to take. So then that 10-pound loss would be, hey, I know you want to lose 10 pounds. This is how I have helped others achieve this result in half the amount of time with half the amount of effort. Does that make sense? I will include this in the newsletter that goes out Thursday. I'll put the value equation up there again. But this is massive. Shout out to Alex Hermosi for this. And lastly, B2C tip number five is going to be on the copywriting. Have a very strong landing page and tell people in your copy in one to two sentences exactly what you provide for them. What result, what end destination do you give them? And be ready and prepared to explain this clearly in one to two sentences at maximum. If you do all of these five tips for your B2B position or for your B2C position or company, I can almost guarantee that you will make $1 million plus in annual revenue and have a commission off of that of six figures, guaranteed. Value equation, Uh uh-huh. Hope you guys enjoyed this. A lot of the guest interviews that I've been doing, they always end up asking me about sales and I go over all of this stuff, but I never go over it on the podcast. So I don't know if this is interesting to you guys. If it is, please let me know and I'll do more of it because it's something that I know. But if it's not up y'all's alley, that's fine too. Anyways, stay tuned for the new drop on Wednesday, the 22nd. And without any further ado, I will let you go kill it. Hope all of you have a fantastic day and go design a life that you don't need a vacation from. See ya.